everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you are here today. I hope everyone is having a fabulous day, and I just want to welcome you all. If you are a new friend, we are so glad you found us. I am so excited to have all the new people that we're having because it means that the message is getting out there and we're just helping people figure out what to do with all of this screen conflict in your home. So before we get started, if you have been listening for a hundred episodes, which is what we just passed a few weeks ago, you know that I just like to start with a little story and the story today, I thought of this just as I was getting ready again. I always get this little burst of inspiration when I'm thinking about y'all and what we're going to talk about today. But I just have to remind everyone about something. You know how sometimes in life, the most obvious things are the easiest to miss and maybe kind of hard to see sometime. And so with all of the screen issues that we deal with with our kids and whether it's video games or smartphones, there's one thing uh, I want to talk about that just a group of moms that I was visiting a few weeks ago reminded me of this one thing that is really important for every parent to understand and actually to do. Most of us don't do it. I was extremely guilty of not doing this one thing when my oldest was struggling so much with his gaming addiction. As you know, if you're new, you can read more about that. So when I was talking to this group of moms, by the way, this was a group that was meeting because they're doing the Screen Strong course and they're meeting in a home and it's just really fun to watch these groups pop up. And by the way, you know, you can start your own group if you're interested in doing that, but I was just visiting with some of these parents and they were talking about Fortnite and one of the moms was talking about Call of Duty and uh, they were just just having their general discussions about how you know their kids are so addicted to these things and I asked them the question have y'all ever played Fortnite and have you ever played Call of Duty and they stopped kind of dead in their tracks and they looked at me and they said well no I've don't play video games. So this goes back to my confession and and the point that I need to make uh, with y'all right now with this little story is that this is so important that we understand what our kids are doing on their screen. And my confession to the world is that I missed this. I did not play video games. I did not understand what my son was doing every day. I thought I did. I could hear the game. Sometimes he was even playing in the room with me, um, like doing the dishes or he was in the den or something. So you kind of think you know, but the fact of the matter is that you don't know. You don't understand what they're doing unless you sit down with them. And this is so important, especially if you have younger kids too, that you understand what they're playing. Never take take it for granted. Never take the advice from another parent that says, oh, this game is okay, or that game is okay. You have to check it out yourself. And my theory is that probably 
99% of parents out there would throw the game consoles out and throw the smartphones out the window if they sat and co-viewed, co-played, co-experienced with their kids for a week, maybe even just a day, maybe even just an hour. If you sat down and really experienced what your kids were experiencing on some of the games and the social media and the stuff that they're doing, you would probably change your mind. You would probably not think twice about cutting, either eliminating um, those games altogether or cutting some things back a lot. So I want to challenge you to sit and watch and listen. Don't let them put their headphones on. You need to experience and actually hear what the other kids are saying, um, what they're hearing, what they're seeing. You need to hear the content. You need to watch the content. Then you need to try to get into their, their brain, their age, whatever age they are, and think back about how that content and how that audio content and visual content would have affected you when you were 10 or 12 or 15. And I, I just want to encourage you to do this. You need to trust me on this one. Your teenagers are going to think you're crazy. (laughs) I think my son would have fallen off the chair if I sat down and said, I just want to sit here and see and watch. And I want to understand exactly what you're doing. Um, it's very, very important that you understand what they're experiencing and, you know, don't just let them go to some lame little game, go to the game that they're, that is their favorite game, go to the thing they're most immersed in just so you can understand what you don't know. And so when this group of moms at this meeting was talking, that was my homework for them. I just said, please go home. If you think Fortnite is not a violent video game, please go home and sit with your child through one 20 minute session and see exactly what's happening in that game. So that's really um, my, my little story for today. Um, That really hit me really hard um, when I talked to those parents. And then this morning, I just, it just made me remember how in the dark I was, I knew I didn't like what was happening to my son, but I just never really got um, immersed in his world enough to understand all the reasons why. And it really does give you a lot of clarity. So I'm not saying that you need to turn into a video game mom. I'm just saying that it's really important to understand from their perspective what's actually happening, because I think you're going to be pretty surprised um, that uh, some of these games that you think are just you know, not that big a deal. I think they're a much bigger deal than they, they really are. And I also think the social media, um, platforms, I think it would take, you know, you're going to have to take a day off work to do this. You realize if you want to follow and actually be the eyes and ears of your kids on social media for a full day, I think it's totally worth it to see all the notifications they get, all the texts they get, everything. Just pretend like you're them, sit there and try to take it in and try to experience what they're experiencing and see, then after, you know, after that happens and see if you think this is still the very best thing for them. So I love our show today. We have a Screen Strong ambassador joining us. I love to have the Screen Strong ambassadors on because what we get when we talk to a Screen Strong ambassador is we get the real 
deal. We hear from a mom firsthand or a dad, but in this case today, uh, it'll be a mom. And we're going to hear firsthand about their story and how they came to Screen Strong and how technology has either helped or hurt their life with their kids. And so I want to introduce Becky Grant. She is a Screen Strong ambassador, and Becky also helps us so much with our editing which by the way, if you want to be a Screen Strong Ambassador and help us spread the word, and if you have some special gifts that you can help us, um, please join our team. So Becky, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Melanie, for having me on. Um, before I tell our Screen Strong story, I just wanted to say um, when we were going through our screen reset, I listened to this podcast every single day <laughs> to, <laughs> to all the old episodes just to help strengthen my resolve because it was tough. So if my story at all can help anyone else, I'm happy to share it. <laughs> that is so sweet. What great advice too for those of y'all that are new. And even if you're an old friend listening, please go back. We did just hit our 100th episode a few weeks ago. We have a lot of content. And Becky, just tell me really quick before you get started, what what did that do for you? I mean, did it make you feel like you weren't alone? Because that's sort of our goal here. Well, that that's a big part of it, that I wasn't alone. And then also, as you're going through it, you have all these doubts. And as I'll share in my story, I... I had a plan initially after a detox to reintroduce screens um, on the weekends only. And listening to this, um, these podcasts and reading all the books changed my mind. And I'll share a little bit about that. But um, it just gave me the possibility that you can get rid of the games in our case completely. And it's great. <laughs> so. Yes. Oh, good. We converted you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> also, to give people hope, I just wanted to share a quick little win that we had this week. Um, I have two sons, and we've been video game free for a little over a year now. And Yay. when we did our reset, I followed Dr. Dunkley's advice and kept a journal. And so I started noticing all the little changes that happened as we detoxed. And even though I no longer keep a journal now, I continue to notice these little wins, these little things that I know would never have happened if my sons were still gaming. So this week, I'll share one. In one of your podcasts with Richard Freed, he talks about the question he always asks parents in his workshop. And he always asks, what's the one word their kids would use to describe school? And almost inevitably, the parents say, it's boring. Well, um, this month, my oldest son has been keeping a moon journal for science, and every night he goes out and observes the moon and draws a picture of what it looks like that night. So on Sunday, he was so excited to get to see this super flower blood moon total eclipse. <laughs> so, so after I read him some stories, we, he went outside to see it. And he came back in the house, and he was really sad because it was behind a cloud, and he couldn't get a good view. So he begged me to walk him to the local park a few houses away from us <laughs> so he could get a better view. It was already past his bedtime. My youngest was asleep and I was already in my pajamas. But oh. he, he was so excited. So I grudgingly put on my jacket and walked him out to the park in my pajamas. And at first, we only got to see a corner of the blood moon. But um, a few seconds later, it came out from the cloud. And it was amazing. And I'm so glad that he dragged me outside. 
And he was so excited. He was jumping up and down next to me. And this is the child that never wanted to go outside when he was gaming. And here he was out after dark, standing in the wet grass. And he'd walked all the way from our house just to see this blood moon. And I knew again that if he was gaming, he would never have been this excited about science or school or learning. So I would just want to say to give you hope that this past year, his curiosity about the world has kind of been reignited and his enthusiasm for school most days, not all, has really reemerged. And I truly believe that this is due to the fact that he's no longer gaming. Okay. So usually I cry at the end of the podcast, but that is such a sweet story. I mean, I'm just really choked up over it. I love these stories because it's so hard to like capture that and to really explain to people how much better life is. Yeah. I I think without those little dopamine hits from the game, his brain has had a chance to reset a year later, and now he has his natural drive to learn again. And so I just want to say, if any of you are on the fence out there, I want to encourage you with this little story. You'll soon notice things like this all the time, and there is a light at the end of that tunnel. (laughs) That is so encouraging, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I notice these little things all the time in my house too, and maybe it's because you know, we were on the kind of in the other dark place and now we're not. And it's so much easier to see, but good for you for recognizing that. And good for you for putting your robe on and going outside or whatever your jacket on or whatever (laughs) it was, because, you know, when you have a screen strong home, it is a little different, you know, it was kind of the conflict between he should be getting some sleep, but this is not too far after his bedtime. And then, exactly. No. And sometimes you just have to say, let's go walk down the block so we can see it better. And that's, that's just such a cool story. Thank you so much. I have done certain things like that. Just in the moment, you have to make these decisions and you really are fostering his choice to be interested in these things. And what a cool family attachment story too that yeah, you know I'm so glad I got to see it too now. Yeah. But, and, and you know what? It's very different when you experience that together with your child in the presence of each other. It's very different. And and this is one thing I talked a minute ago about do you really know what your kids are playing on their games? Most of us don't. Uh, I'll of course speak for myself, but I've talked to a lot of parents who just, you know, say, no, I don't play those games. And so they don't know. And so when you think about, even if the game is fine and it's all educational and wonderful, they're still alone. And and what you did by following up with him or, or just by uh, granting his request to go outside, you became a part of that little world with him right then. And you experienced that with him. And that memory is just really going to stick with him. I think my oldest son, when he was gaming a lot, I think he was really lonely. And people talk about, oh, they have all their friends. Well, it's not like, you know, getting your mom to put a jacket on and walk down to see the eclipse with you. It's not it is not that. Let me tell you, it is not. It's a very lonely world. So good for you 
you get a sticker, you get a stick, you get, you get a medal. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So everybody, I encourage everybody out there. <laughs> now don't tell the kids because then at bedtime, they'll start wanting to go do things and they'll say, right. well, well, Becky did that mom. So you need to. <laughs> well, he actually came back in the house and said, I feel really bad for William. That's his little brother because he's asleep and he's missing this. And he's missing Oh, that is so sweet. And his chances, but let's not wake him up. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we do. No, but his empathy, what a great sign of empathy right. to, for him to care. Like even just saying that is such a, a good sign. Good, good job, mom. Good job. You're, you're on the right path here or you're on a better path. So talk to us about how this all got started. So our story probably starts like many others um, with the gift of an iPad loaded with um, learning games when my kids were little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, my background is I was an elementary school teacher for 11 years. And when I started out teaching, I quickly learned that kind of the easiest way to reduce behavior problems in the classroom was to keep students so busy learning and so engaged that they had little time to get in trouble. So um, I also worked in some low-income school districts, and so we really tried to use every second to maximize learning because a lot of the kids were coming in with, um, without an exposure to books or print or a lot of learning experiences we take for granted in our early years. So fast forward to when I had sons, and I kind of unconsciously applied these same things to my parenting. So yeah. I kept my sons really busy. You know, we read books, and I talked to them all day because I knew that was important, and I took them to parks and zoos and museums. And I kept them so busy that there wasn't enough time for them to get in too much trouble at home. But um, And the days passed pretty smoothly until I had to do something like take a shower or clean the house <laughs> yeah. or, or get dinner on the table. Or walk to the mailbox, right? Right, yeah. right. So, you know, trying to get dinner on the table with two active boys who love to climb was really tough. So then my father gave us his old iPad um, loaded with educational apps. And this was about in 2012. And I handed it over to my son pretty happily, my oldest, because I thought, well, this is kind of a win-win. I can get dinner on the table, keep right. him out of the hospital. Yeah. And at the same time, he's learning things. You know, my maximizing learning, he's on these educational apps. Right. So um, that's yeah. kind of how it started. And we were going on quite happily. I had pretty strict screen limits still. Um, and my sons were lucky at that time in their life. We lived in the UK. And they went to a really amazing play-based preschool that actually got written up by the um, agency that kind of goes in and inspects schools for not having enough technology. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, I mean, they were doing great and everything else. And that was the one critique. And looking back, I'm so happy that it was that way <laughs> at that age. You know? They got a demerit um, for not having enough right, screens. They oh, did. my. And so I, was, I thought, well, they had, you know, great early years. And they started primary school there and had really good experiences and pretty low-tech schools. Um, probably, you know, not the budget for all the high-tech. So anyway, um, at some point, though, my oldest asked for Minecraft because kids were talking about it. Yeah. And the school had done a talk about some of the dangers of the online chats and some of these games. So I thought, 
okay, well, we're not going to go on any games that have online chats, but I found out, well, you can do Minecraft, but not have them online. So I let him do it thinking, okay, this is good for engineering or, you know, it's educational. He got really into that. But then about in, in 2019, my husband was offered a job back in California and, and that's where I'm from. And it was a difficult decision because we were really happy where we were. Um, but I was also, it would be closer to my parents and um, we would be moving to the Silicon Valley area. And I thought, oh, that's great. You know, I'm imagining them programming robots in school and, and you know, getting mm. exposed to all the latest coding. I thought, well, for the 21st century, you know, we'll be right there where it's all happening. This will be a good thing. So I got online and started researching schools and I was started reading about some of the local schools and it talked about how they had Google Classroom, <laughs> which <laughs> is, it's so funny now because I think we've all had more than enough Google yes. Classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yes. But at, at the time, kind of from abroad, it sounded so high tech and cutting yes. edge. So I thought, wow, okay. So we made the move and my youngest started kindergarten here and my oldest was in third grade. And then within five months, we went into lockdown. And oh, then yeah. they, went, they went to school online. And um, it was really tough because we were online for a really long time out here. Um, but in some ways, I'm kind of grateful because that's really when I realized that screens were becoming a problem for my mm -hmm. kids. Well, yeah, you had sort of a, a immersion by fire, right? Some some people don't get it until their kids are a little bit older because it's just the slow drip. But that's exactly what I know would have happened because if right. we would have kept on the way we were going, we were pretty busy and had the strict screen limit. So I feel like I wouldn't have known until they were teenagers oh. what, what a problem it could be, and then it would be so much harder. Yes. So you're right. I mean, that's exactly uh, what happened. Um, you know, and then of course for a lot of kids that happened because with all of the lockdown you know, anybody who was just sort of on the edge was just falling off the cliff at that point. But right. um, for the third grade age, it's so hard to detect it th at that age because, you know, like you said, it's all being, you know, we're just using our iPad for, you know, these cute little educational games. So right. That's how so it starts. That's how it starts. <laughs> and it just seems so okay. In fact, that's probably back to my opening story. That's probably the last game that I played <laughs> with my kids, you know, when they were little and then they get to the other games, it's like, you know, I don't want to play those. So I knew nothing about what they were doing, but what happened after? Okay. So you had five months in school and then all of a sudden you're in yeah, lockdown. Lockdown and also hard because, you know, we weren't here long enough to really have a community that we were that close to. I mean, they oh. started scouts and some other things, but we were a little bit isolated. I mean, in some yeah. ways it's, probably good because they didn't have the pressure to be online with friends. It was kind of more just us. But um, yeah, on the other hand, when, with the school online all day and then their normal kind of before dinner screen time, it was just too much for them. And, you know, I started to see some of the behaviors um, that Dr. Dunkley talks about in Reset Your Child's Brain. And so that first summer, my gut kind of said, I need to get them out of the house because if I don't, they're going to be on their screens all day or we'll be fighting about it. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. so I d- dragged them out to the beach almost every day. We had the beach. <laughs> and at first they loved it. And then pretty soon they're like, not the beach again. And <sighs> all they wanted to do was stay home and play their video games. Oh, wow. So wow. when wow. we got back to school online in September, the school districts really made an effort to keep them online all day because so many parents had to work and were struggling. Um, And most parents in our area do work, both parents, because the cost of living is so high. Mm -hmm. So um, online school was really new to all of us. I hadn't gone back to work yet. I'd been off for um, a while. And so I stayed off because they needed so much support. And at that same time, we were renting a house and we bought a house and moved right in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. So a few weeks into school, I was out at the grocery store just getting some supplies for the house, and my husband was working upstairs online, and my youngest was in the kitchen, and I kept his volume up so I could help him get whatever materials he needed, and my oldest was in the living room with his headphones on so he could concentrate and not hear the youngest and his whole class. <laughs> so anyway, I get this message from my oldest son's teacher at the grocery store. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, and it says, is Ollie's audio on? Is it okay? Because we can see him in the video, but we're calling on him and he's not answering. And I'm in the grocery store thinking, okay, that's funny because my husband isn't having a problem and neither is my other son. And we had gotten a really good connection when we moved because we knew we would all be online. So then it hit me the day before I'd kind of walked in the room and he was clicking really fast. Mm. And at the, at the time it didn't register, but as I'm in the store, I'm thinking, I know what he's doing. I know he's watching Minecraft YouTubers because the day before, you knew he had homework on YouTube to listen to the audio of Island of the Blue Dolphins, which is not the most exciting assignment. And over there on the side is the suggested playlist showing him, you know, Minecraft YouTubers. So so I'm in the store and I know that's what he's doing. He's leaving his camera on so his teachers can see him. Oh, my gosh. They were required to have their camera on, but I know that he's on YouTube listening. And so I'm furious. I'm in the store and he's lucky. He's really lucky. (laughs) I wasn't home because I'm like, how could he, you know, go off his screen and and click on YouTube? I was so mad, but I had a chance to cool down by the time I got to the checkout line and I started... I started thinking, well, okay, I I can't necessarily blame him. When I was little, I used to read novels under my desk, you know, when it was boring and everyone was reading really slowly around the classroom. I thought, okay, and he's being shown the suggested playlist of, you know, the best thing he would ever want to watch right in front of him or... Island oh, the of the Dolphin yeah. audio. What in the world choice is that? That's not a choice. Right. And let me just let me just say something here to every mom out there and every dad. Dad, you you have your your instincts, of course, too. But what Becky just described for us is this unique thing that women have that's uh, called this mom instinct, and it's this gut feeling. When you immediately know what's happening, when you are nowhere near the place. <laughs> so I get exactly what you're saying because we, as moms, we just know, like we just know, 
Like you knew and I you knew. were standing, you know, in the green bean section of the grocery store <laughs> and you knew what was happening at your house. I love that. I just like to point that out that we are all really good detectives and right. we need to realize that when we have a feeling that we're probably right. So That's you got right. to the checkout line and you right. were trying to cool down. <laughs> Cooling off and I'm kind of thinking, okay, now how am I going to approach this with him? And, you know, but at that point I realized I, he's not old enough. I can't trust him online. You know, he's yes. not going to be able to resist. I'm going to have to do all these surprise appearances in the living room, <laughs> you know, or, or sit on the sofa next to him and try to do some work because yeah. you know, yeah. I'll be running back and forth between the two kids, you know, but I, I, I need to just sneak in. And, and so I started like creeping around the corner and walking in. So he, he you know, I, we, we had a big talk about it and he knew he was, you know, shouldn't have been doing it. And so, so you were right. I, Let me just say you were I right. Was, correct? I was right. I was okay. right. Of course you were. And the, okay. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and, then, and then two weeks later, I think we had parent conferences. And so again, it seems so naive now, but I kind of talked to his teacher and I said, you know what? You've got to warn all the parents about this because you know like, they're they're working and their kids are have the YouTube suggested playlist next to them. They might not be there to make yeah. sure their kids are doing the right thing. And she said, "I know, we, you know, it was new for them too." Yeah. They're like, "Yes, this is a problem," you know. So yeah. anyway, uh, that was the kind of the first issue with um, online learning. And um, then we made it to Christmas and. Feeling sorry for my kids at home, um, my very well-meaning father w wanted to buy them a video game console for Christmas. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and my oldest had been asking for an Xbox for about two years, and I've yep. been telling him no. Yep. And I still, again, the gut feeling again, I was researching, I still thought, I don't, I, I don't have a good feeling about an Xbox. I'm not going to go there. But I was talking to another parent friend, like you said, don't just listen to other parent friends. And they were saying, well, there's, you know, the Nintendo Switch and they can get, you know, all the Mario games and all the ones that I knew when I would, that seemed, you know, pretty child friendly and not as addictive. And so I thought, oh. okay, we'll let them get the Switch. So, yeah. so let me just say that um, what, what you just said that you listened to another parent, I did that as well when my oldest was going through all the stuff that he went through. And, and I remember talking to other moms and they would um, say things like, well, you know, at least he's not outside getting drunk. I'm like, oh, okay. He's not taking drugs. He's not drinking. And so that's, is that my bar? You know, I was trying to figure out, is this like my, is this what my goal is? You know? Um, but what I want to say is, it's really good to listen to other parents when they have been through uh, what you're asking about. Like, it's not so good to ask other parents when they haven't experienced it. <laughs> so, so we need to listen to other parents when they have, when they're just a little bit ahead of us and they've had success with a certain thing. You, so I just wanted to throw that in there because I think you like everyone out there, does ask their peers, you know, right. and even though we kind of have this gut weird feeling, we can, um, talk ourselves into it when we have someone else that's telling us it's okay to go get the switch instead of the Xbox. So, right. you know, but have you talked to the parent yet that lived with the Xbox for five years? That's the parent you need to talk to. Right, <laughs> so, right. 
<laughs> okay, well, go ahead. So, so we got the switch and the same parents, um, the mother, you know, was telling me they were really struggling with her son because um, they both had to work and she was a scientist and ran labs and had to be in there. And so her son was going to, you know, a city program to try to do his online learning there. And he was getting really behind and not getting all his work done. And they were looking into private school, uh, but the private school didn't have after school care. So they were looking at this astronomical, these astronomical fees for private school plus after school care. And I kind of said at that point, why doesn't he come to our house? Because I'm home already. I'm already, you know, managing two screens. I'd been a teacher for a long time. And I also thought at this point in the year, it might give my kids something to look forward to because they were starting to fight with each other all the time and it was just too much. So he came and it was great. He brought over his Hot Wheels cars and they were building tracks and he got them using the trampoline again because he was taking gymnastics. So that was a good thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but then he also had the switch at home. So they were talking about their games a lot. And I finally said, okay, well, on Fridays, if you get all your work done, then we'll have some time at the end of the day to go on and play on the switch, you know, Super Smash Brothers yeah. or whatever they were talking about. So yeah. the first Friday, they got all their work done. I, you know, we set up the switch and they go on and I go in the kitchen going, ah, now I get a break. Um, well, within minutes, my youngest is crying and he's saying they're ganging up on him and the older two are fighting over who gets the red controller and who's going to be the player one and which character they're going to be. And the way they're talking to each other and putting each other down the whole time, I thought, what happened to these kids that were playing Hot Wheels so nicely this morning? They were just being awful to each other, and I couldn't really stand listening to them from the kitchen, and I thought, this is not working very well. So I let them finish that session, and I think I gave them one more week, and it was just as bad the second week, and I finally said, this is not working. You know, I'm turning this off. You guys are being horrible to each other. Yeah. Um, you can just watch a show this time of day on Fridays yeah. because this is not, it's, you know, it's bringing out the worst in all of them. So they weren't even like in the game yet. They were just arguing over who was going to be. The yeah, player. they they were fighting over every single thing. And then my littlest, his frustration tolerance was so low at this point. The slightest thing just yeah. sent him off into tears. Um, it's yeah. just all too much online. About that time is when I someone recommended Dr. Dunkley's book, Reset Your Child's Brain. So I read it in one sitting and I knew oh, we needed to do a screen reset. I thought, <laughs> I see all these behaviors in my son, you know, my youngest falling apart, no tolerance for frustration, getting, you know, really upset for any little thing that would go wrong in school. Um, and then my oldest, who was always, did have a lot of empathy and was really kind and usually very good with younger children because he'd been so good with his brother. He was starting to be mean and aggressive. and angry. And I just thought, what is happening to my kids? Yeah. I really remembered that with my oldest one time, the twins were little and they walked in the room and they kind of got, they got a little too near his computer. And, you know, he just, his reflex was just to haul off and, you know, like hit, hit them or hit whoever was coming by. And I had a very clear defining moment at that point when I realized this aggression right. is not just 
a game. Like it's not just in the game. It's like it's bleeding over in real life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He he would even hit the wall. I mean, I've talked to parents all day that have sheetrock repair people at their house because, you know, when they get older, right? But you were just seeing some of the meanness. It starts. It See, it doesn't start. Already coming out. Yeah. Yes. And it I starts knew like this. Yeah. Going. Yeah. So I read the book and I said, okay, we're going to do this detox. And we had about three weeks before spring break. So I thought, okay, we're going to take away the video games. And I shared that with them. And like I said in the beginning at the time, I couldn't imagine taking them away completely. I kind of read, I re, I read the section on reintroducing the screens and actually had already kind of decided in my head, okay, after this, it will be a privilege and not a right, and we'll reintroduce them just for an hour on Saturday and an hour on Sunday. And I read her, her suggestion, just reintroduce 30 minutes, and I, I thought, 30 minutes, that's you know, <laughs> way too little. Yeah. I mean, barely turn it on. So I'd already had, so I just <laughs> urge you to keep an open mind at this point, and I'll <laughs> tell you what happened with us. So anyway, that was my plan, but I, I did the detec- detox. And my youngest handled it a lot better than I was expecting. Um, my oldest was angry. And normally at night, I would tuck him in and he'd give me a big hug and say, I love you. And, you know, I'd go in to tuck him in now and he would roll away from me and I'd say, I love you. And he'd say, well, I don't love you. And every night for a week. And then in the morning, he'd stomp down the stairs and he'd look at me with this really angry face and turn away. But um, I knew he was, you know, punishing me for making this decision. He was definitely trying to give me a guilt trip. You know, I, I could see it. I, I, there's several things I'll, I'll talk about that they attempted. <laughs> oh, okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, well, another one is, you know, I, I was noticing, so I'd grab, I always took him to the library, but recently they'd wanted to read less for fun. And they'd always been readers and they were getting gaming books. And so I'm taking him to the library and I'm substituting books anytime I would have thought to grab an iPad for long car rides. Or if we were going to an appointment, I just had books in the car and with me all the time. And they really started reading, which was great. But then they would purposely kind of argue. And then my oldest, though, would say something like, See, we're arguing more without our screens, uh, you know. <laughs> so that was another thing they tried, and you know, <laughs> I, I again I knew that you know this is all a show, and they but they were really trying sure. to get their screens back and doing whatever it took. So yeah. you know, it was tough, but we started doing all the games. Um, you know, my youngest, like another parent, I think you uh, spoke to, wanted to do Monopoly all the time, and I was yeah. really sick of Monopoly. But even harder for me was my oldest got into Dungeons and Dragons. And so I didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, but he'd found the books in the library. And it's, it's almost like he took his online games offline. And so um, they're all the books and he got all the books from the library. But I thought, OK, at least he's offline. There's the dice and the game board and the figurines. And he's reading these things. But I... But I kind yeah. of thought, you know, but he at the time was the one that was really starting to identify as a gamer and didn't want to wow. do anything else. My youngest wow. likes soccer. And I was trying to think, you know, what can I get him interested in? I thought, well, he's interested in this and it's kind of role playing. And he wanted he wanted to he likes coming up with his characters and giving them points. And he wanted to do this and he wanted me to be the dungeon master and tell the story. And I know nothing about this. Talk about 
you know, having your parent go way out of their comfort zone. I'm trying to yeah. sit at the table and tell this story. And then yeah. we had a, a friend and they came over and did that too. Um, but then I thought, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sign him up for drama because this is yeah. role playing. And yeah. he, he'd always been happy to speak in front of his class as a child. And he had done some drama when we were in the UK. Yeah. Okay, well, he doesn't want to do sports right now. So I said, we're just going to try drama. And I signed him up and he loved it. And he really got mm-hmm. into that. So that was kind of our like getting out of this into the drama. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, let's see. So my parents were coming for spring break. And at that time, I still hadn't found Screen Strong. And I thought, okay, well, when they come, they're getting older and they like to take a nap in the afternoon. I thought, okay, I'll let them have their screens and my parents are here just during that little afternoon session for their nap. And after that, we'll go back to weekends only. And that was a big mistake. <laughs> so yeah. they, they came out for spring break. It was a week and the awful screen behavior came back again. And and at that point, I think someone had mentioned Screen Strong in one of the groups I was in. And I went and found you and listened to your podcast. And I remember exactly where I was. I was out. Um, my youngest was playing soccer. And I was doing laps around the soccer field and listening to your son's podcast um, about his gaming, Adam. And I got the chills because about a month before, my oldest had said, I can't wait to go to college. And I asked, I said, well, why is that? And he said, because then I can play video games as long as I want and you won't be there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So as your son is telling his story, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, if we go on like this, that will be my son. He, you know, already at the age of 10 wants to go to college, so he won't have my screen rules. So I just alarm bells are going off all over the place. And I thought, okay, the games are going completely now. You know, I, that was the, the moment. And, and again, I almost had to start over again because we had introduced them and we had the anger all over again. And, um, just they went through the grieving process. I think you described it in the kids brains and screens course. They went through all of that. Um, and so it was hard, but I'm so thankful and all these little things I notice all the time that we did <laughs> that we did it because uh, I realized too, um, my whole kind of teaching philosophy and keeping kids busy was actually doing my kids a disservice because um, I've realized how important that time to be bored and that downtime is for them. Yeah. Because yeah. I, they need to learn to kind of resolve conflicts and, and handle the discomfort of being bored. And I think even with adults today, we all have a hard time with that discomfort where people reach for food or binge watch Netflix, or it, it can be all kinds of things. But just to sit there without or grabbing our phones is really hard. Exactly. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that downtime. The podcast you're talking about, I believe is number 35. I think it's podcast number 35. If, if anyone is interested, um, I love that you had your defining moment though, kind of at that moment, I love that you can describe kind of the moment in time when you knew something had to change. Right. So, um, I think it's really good for everyone listening. If you haven't heard Adam's story yet, listen to podcast number 35. 
it's so powerful to have your defining moment because you will be able to go back to that, which I'm sure you probably have had to do, right? And when things kind of, you know, not, it doesn't sound like things are, are bad today, but um, it probably, you still had a few times when you had to think back and think, uh, no, you remember that emotion, I guess, is, you know, like my defining moment. I remember exactly when it was, when I knew that we had to make complete changes. And anyway, it's just super that you had that, that you just had that moment, but then continue with would did you go home and just tell them, how did you do it? Like, how did you tell them, okay, all this little moderation business is going to stop. How did that right. happen? Well, I mean, I kind of did it. I, I said, we've made a mistake and I've seen again in your behavior this past week that this isn't good for you. And I was really looking for something to share with them. And I know that's what so many parents, I mean, we're probably looking for a magic bullet, which isn't there, but you want something to help them understand. And I watched without my kids, I watched childhood 2.0 and, um, I thought, okay, I'm not ready to do that yet. He, my son wasn't there yet. And I thought in middle school, I may have to, but not yet. And so then I found screenagers and I would just wanted to show him something. And so I got that and he watched it. And I think my oldest understood a bit, you know, he mm-hmm. asked me at the end, what's depression? Because he hadn't really come out and you know, they talk about that. And I had to explain that to him. And Um, I didn't show it to my youngest yet. He seemed to be doing fine in the beginning. And actually, you know, a few months into it or six months down the road, my oldest doesn't, well, neither one of them asked for a long time. My oldest doesn't ask at all anymore. And he's just doing, they're both doing so well. I mean, my oldest teacher in our parent conference this year said, Ollie is just, he, he has so many unusual and different interests and, and he's, he's not embarrassed by them. And then, you know, he's friends with everyone. And, but she kind of thought it was his background in the UK. And I was sitting there listening, thinking, no, it's because he's not on screens now. He has all these other interests. Talk about that just for a minute. I think this is one of the little bitty gifts that turns out to be the biggest blessing of all the other things that they discover. I mean, even your story in the beginning of the podcast about the lunar eclipse and all that, he was very interested in that. I think that, you know, we need some bumper stickers that just say a a child's brain is a terrible thing to waste, you know, um, on a screen. Yeah. On your your course, you talk about the lost potential with video games and that's what it is. Because as a child, he was so into dinosaurs and science and knew everything. And then when he got on the games, that all disappeared and he started going to the library and getting Minecraft books. And, you know, it's everywhere in our culture, too. We moved here and he wanted to be this character for Halloween that I'd never heard of. And he didn't even have the game, but everyone was talking about it at school. And, you know, it, it's, it was... It becomes their whole world. Yeah. yeah. And you go to Party City in the boys section and you know, once they're past the toddler age, it's all these gaming options. So it's really hard. And so that, yeah, that's why this community is so important. Yeah, it's, it it is. And I encourage people to, even in the course, you know, I encourage people to just get rid of the paraphernalia stuff, like the, the Minecraft pajamas and pillowcases and posters and all this stuff that's commercialized over 
gaming because it just reinforces their desire to want to live in that world and and kind of remove themselves from all these other interests. That's a good point because that has been the harder thing for my younger son. He's in second grade this year and a lot of the kids talk about gaming all the time. So he took to it. He did it really easily in the beginning and everything was going smoothly. And then a few times this year, he's had these outbursts where he gets really mad at me. And it kind of comes down to the fact that all the kids in his class are starting to talk about these games. And so I kind of thought I need to find a way to do something with him. And I really, I ended up finding, I think one day on, in your Facebook group, someone talked about, it was the movie that was filmed in China about the addicted gamers. I can't remember what it's oh, called. It's it called Web Junkies. Yeah. It's called Web Junkies. And that is very eye opening for sure. Yeah. And yeah. so I knew he didn't have the attention span for it, but I put on about 15 minutes of it just to somehow I'd been talking to him about his brain, but to somehow give him an idea of this is what I'm worried about. This is what I'm worried will happen to you if, you know, we do sure. too much gaming now. And I, I think he got it more. I mean, it's, it's not like you remove them and it's going to be perfect from now on. There's always going to be these waves. And I'm sure when we hit middle school, we're going to get into the whole phone issue. But yeah. um, again, I feel so much more educated and prepared now. I know there's a lot of other people doing this. And that is why I became an ambassador too. I thought, I'm going to spread the word. I think it's so important mm -hmm. and it's made mm -hmm. such a difference that if I get other parents on board, that makes it easier for me and for everyone else too. Yeah, for sure. So tell so we're I want to talk some more about that in a minute, but go back to what y'all do and what you did in the beginning when you took it away for good. Um and and I'll just have I'll just make a little caveat here or say just a little point here that a lot of people think that Screen Strong is all about, you know, banning and abstinence and all this stuff and all these words that just sound so weird and ugly. And that's not what it is. I think Becky has painted this picture even just now of describing what our culture is. Our our kids are always going to be exposed to plenty of gaming topics and content and stuff. And even your second grader, he's learning about all the character, you know, and that's plenty. Like that's plenty. They don't need to be playing the games in order to understand what video games are. I was talking with someone earlier today about this and they said, well, we're just worried about, you know, this complete abstinence. And I'm like, it's never a complete abstinence as far as your kids go. Um, in our culture, we have games all around us all the time. It doesn't mean that we uh, allow our kids to become a gamer though. Right? right. So it's, it's a very good point to point out here that I think, I think it's a, it's a nuance, but it's also just a really good point for parents to understand that the screen strong recommendations to do exactly what Becky did and to eliminate them now. So there's room for all these other wonderful things to happen when you moderate that, when you say, well, I just don't want them to binge and go crazy. I just want to balance. I just want, it's plenty balanced. I'm sure right. you right. feel like this is all very balanced. Now they know about Fortnite. They know about the characters. They know whatever. They don't have to become the character. That's right. when it is not balanced. But what did you 
do initially, if you can remember quickly here, we're, we're getting close to the end, but what did you do with their downtime? How did you fill their downtime? Or how do you do it now today still? I'll I'll tell you both. Um, A couple quick things too. With them, I tried, I really try to make the distinction between um, entertainment technology and then like you say the inter- the technology use as a tool mm-hmm. and you know they will need to have certain skills and actually what I quite liked in the UK is they actually have a technology curriculum but the curriculum teaches them how to create databases it, it's very practical it's mm-hmm. not like the edutainment that I think <laughs> in screen mm-hmm. school they talk about it today these learning games because mm-hmm. they quickly get bored with those. They're not as good as... No, who would want to play that? (laughs) Right. I could do a whole other podcast about education, so I won't go there. um, We'll do it. We'll do it later. Yes, yes. But um, anyway, using them, you know, the entertainment is is not necessary. And how could that time be filled? And, um, you know, their lives are so full now. So what we did in the downtime, I knew I needed to get friends involved. And so, and we were new to this area. But I had met a few people at the park. And so what I just started doing was sending out a message to everyone I met, <laughs> oh. um, all ages of kids saying, we're going to the park today at two if anyone wants to meet us. And kids would start to come. Oh. And our school is actually open on weekends, which is great. My youngest, when he started school, he was so excited to play wall ball and Foursquare. I mean, he would try to go to school as early as they'd open the gate because they have such short recess that he could actually get in these games. And so I thought, well, why not? He loves this. Why not let him do that on the weekend? So I would just send a message and soon, you know, those people would tell other people and we'd get, you know, 20 to 30 kids at the school on the weekend and we'd bring our balls so they could do all the school games they didn't get enough of during the week and they would invent games. And, and, you know, the more kids there were kind of the less arguing there might be between my two anyway. And so (laughs) the more, the better. Yeah. So we started doing that most weekend afternoons or sometimes Friday afternoons and they love it. And, uh, you know, We've started having now, I mean, it feels like we've gone, I've given them longer childhood. We have a few kids in our neighborhood. It's mostly an older area, but they were right by the park. And so one of them, every time they take their dog to the park, he knocks on our door to see if my boys will go out and play with them. And there's another little boy and they've started coming every weekend and, you know, they, they can go to the park a few houses away or they're out doing four square or running around the perimeter of the house like we used to do when I was little. And it's wonderful. And, you know, my kids, my husband, and I actually read books outside for an hour last week and they were just playing so happily. And, you know, my youngest could never play on his own before that. And I'll come sometimes and find him reading in his room and it'll it'll be so quiet. And so just the changes that have happened. because of this. It's been amazing. But then I also, you know, my youngest has gotten really into soccer, just like your Screen Strong Solutions course. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, we've really tried to find and with my oldest, it wasn't he didn't think he was sporty. So we we did the drama route. And um, but then it's interesting, because this just this year, the school had a little soccer team and he wanted to try out and I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, my husband's like, cause my husband's British and loves soccer football. You know, my oldest is probably never going to play professionally. Um, <laughs> but and that's he made, great. That's yeah, very good. <laughs> it is. But, but if so my, my, my husband doesn't always enjoy watching it. <laughs> 
like your course said, that's not the important thing with the team. It's the important thing is, you know, the teamwork and being a part and belonging. Even if you learning how to lose, learning how to work as a team, learning how to, you know, having a coach you respect. So, you know, he may not be the best soccer player in the world, but he's on the team and he's enjoying it. And he's getting all those benefits. Oh, that's so wonderful. (laughs) And none of that would have happened if there wasn't room in his brain or his, you know, mood. He was not interested in anything else when he was in doing his games. You know, that was all he wanted to talk about. And so, and the other thing this you talked about the music and he'd done piano before the lockdown. And my husband and I decided we're going to start it again because you talk about the importance of music. And I grew up playing the piano. My husband also plays guitar and piano. So we thought we're going to do this. And so we signed them up for piano um, just about two months ago now. And my youngest had never taken lessons before. My oldest had some. And the amazing thing is now that they have this downtime and they're bored, they're going to the piano for fun. And I'm trying not to intervene. I have the, <laughs> I, yeah. I often want to go fix things, but my husband's like, just let him play. Let him play. And then yes. it's been amazing because my youngest is trying, and this was the their most recent fight. My youngest wanted to play the same piece as his older brother. And, <laughs> you know, he's a couple years behind, but he's picking it up so fast and so on. I taught him, but then my oldest was so mad. He's like, that was my piece, you know? And so <laughs> that turns into the, the most recent kind of source of conflict okay. that, but, you know, it, it's a good thing, I suppose. But you'll trade it every day of the week. Every day. <laughs> so, um, yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. How fun. It just gives me so many flashbacks because we did piano as well. And I love what you just said that your husband said, let him just let him be, let him play, let him discover. And we, as parents have a hard time with that. Sometime we, we kind of don't want them to do that stage of discovery. And it's the discovery where they build their interest, where they literally play and they're having fun on the piano. Anytime you can encourage any of that, um, you want that fun time, that downtime to be spent doing stuff like that. And then they get better. Right. And when they get a little success under their belt, then they want to do it some more. And then all of a sudden you're catapulted into this wonderful lifestyle that is the screen strong lifestyle. (laughs) So it's really, really fun. You've really shared so many great stories. Anything you want to wrap up with as far as your journey right now? Well, it's just on the whole theme of downtime, just the importance of conflict resolution. Um, Because again, if the teachers are keeping them busy at school and we're handing over screens or distracting them when they have conflicts at home, they're not getting a chance to learn how to work things out. And that's something, so my kids are do still argue and fight, but I think my mindset has changed completely. So now when they're coming to me, I still feel my stomach kind of twist up going, oh no, you know, what is it this time? But I kind of say, okay, now this is their opportunity to learn how to sort this out. And so I have to take a step back as a parent and I actually have them either sit together on the sofa or the bottom step to see if they can sort it out themselves and get back to playing. 
Um, Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. My youngest gets really upset. And then the next step is they can go sit in their room for five minutes of cooling off. I still don't intervene. I'm like, you can go to your room for five minutes, cool off and try again. And often my youngest still needs to do that. Um, Then when they come down, they try again among themselves. And then if they still can't, then I'll help them solve it. But, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and then when they're not in the heat of the argument, we kind of practice and I'll act like one of them and throw a tantrum. And, you know, (laughs) I I did this as a teacher with the rules and the kids think it's hilarious. And it's important to kind of practice when they're in the right mindset. So we kind of practice that way. But and so you hope they remember and and they don't always when they're kids. But um, yeah, timing is everything. Yeah, but hopefully over and over again, they'll start to get it. But recently, my um, son got his report card and his PE teacher my oldest, he'd actually written how well he was doing solving problems and working, you know, working as a team. That's so wonderful. And that's huge because my oldest, you know, he's always been good in school, but he, he would get really competitive and he would rather go do something by himself than do it as a team if it wasn't going his way. And, you know, I even had people say he has red hair and people would say, oh, it's that red hair, which used to make me... (laughs) used to make me really mad because, you know, my youngest can be just as stubborn, but he doesn't have the red hair. But anyway, the PE teacher actually noticed how he was, you know, in school too. This is a really hard thing teachers are struggling with right now that he's actually able to compromise. And I know it's all this practice that they've had. Yeah. (laughs) Fighting at at home and me not intervening or handing them a screen. I think it's helped so much with that. So. Well, and what you're saying about um, all that conflict resolution, you know, in a video game, they really learn nothing about this. I know people can listen and say, oh, that's not true. They learn conflict resolution in a video game, but they don't because I've watched it for years with my oldest. But also when he was this age, when he would get really mad, he would just start the game over. Right. And you can't do that in real life. No. And and so what you've done is just given them this very rich experience that is actually found right under your roof. Like you don't have to go pay for this, right? They come up with the conflicts on their own. Yeah, and- that's no problem for them. <laughs> you got plenty. We got a lot of practice. <laughs> you got a lot of practice. But see, I want parents to know that everything that they need and everything that you have needed for this detox and for all these wonderful report cards. Isn't this fabulous <laughs> that you're actually getting this in writing? I hope you're saving these report right. cards. Well, it's just these, I, these little things, the, the wins I kind of notice and, yeah. and I know <laughs> it's, it's. Well, and you're noticing thing. it so much more now because yeah. you were on the other side. And so if you're listening today and, um, you know, you are in more of a prevention mode, please listen to this podcast a few times. Listen to it again when your kids are in second and third grade, <laughs> because you don't have to experience all the hard knocks in order to come to the other side, right? So it is good if we can listen and get advice from other parents who've gone ahead of us and then heed that advice. I love your story today. All your stories, they, they're they very, very, very encouraging. Well, I was listening to, you know, I was going back to all the old podcasts going, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you know, the, the hard days when they're fighting on purpose. So I will give them back their screens. You know, you, you, oh, you need that don't community. Do it. <laughs> 
you need your partner in crime, right? Well, you can call me anytime if you're ever having a moment, but I think you're sort of over your weak moment stage. I have a feeling. I even think that when they hit middle school and you're starting to wonder about you know, smartphones. I don't think you're going to have any trouble with those decisions either. I don't know. If you do, give me a call. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you can share as a final word of encouragement to parents? If you can remember who were right where you were back when you were really struggling. So just imagine that you're in front of an audience of moms just like you, dads just like you who we're thinking, oh, the weekends are okay, or a little bit every day, or, you know, what are some, just a few, um, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but just a few <laughs> thoughts of encouragement for where they are right now. If they feel like they just can't do it um, another minute, you know, they're worried their kids are going to hate them. They're going to say ugly things to them, or maybe they don't have a spouse that's supportive. Right. Well, it, it is hard, but I think, um, you know, commit to at least three to four weeks. And, and the journal helps actually write your concerns down in the beginning. I wrote exactly what behaviors I wanted to see change. And then I could really be focused on is that is that behavior changing? And, and when it did, then I thought this is really working. You kind of need that um, confirmation that it's working. Lean on the community, um, you know, Again, li li read all the books and listen to all the podcasts. That's what I did. I'm a big reader. So I just got every single book from the library and read them all. And I, you know, that helped and the community and, and the podcasts. And the other thing I encourage for all parents is to do the Screen Strong course. Um, you know, it will give you all that education that you need to strengthen your resolve. Um, again, all those little points I made from the solution course. I mean, even after I didn't read it till we'd already been screen free for a year and I still got so much out of it. Just the, the point of having parents in kids' lives or adults in kids' lives, not necessarily parents that are good role models, the whole adult influence versus peer influence, that piece is huge and it's made such a difference. Um, the director of my son's drama, the coaches, I love that they're being influenced by those people now and not just other gamers or these, these YouTubers telling them, you know, the be all end all is to be on YouTube and have a fancy pool. Um, yeah. So that's what my kids were getting out of YouTubers. They wanted to be influencers and have a fancy pool. And, and it's that kind of conflict between what are your values and what are the values that they're getting online. So again, the course will help walk you through all of that. Yeah. The thing about the, the music and the, how to set up your house and, and how to get them involved in other activities. All of that will help so much if you're worried about doing it, just having a framework to work from and to know what to do. It'll be tough in the beginning, but it will be so much better. And so, I mean, it's so much easier now. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Also, if you don't have time to read all of the recommended books, the course, I believe really does give you an overview. It, it does. Yeah. It, it really takes the most important things from all the books that I've read <laughs> and gives it to you. And, it, and it's an, an 
actually a really interactive way to view the course. So it's not so text heavy. Um, and it's something you could probably share with older kids, definitely, because again, they like clicking on anything. And then, <laughs> as we know from my son, clicking on the computer. So that's actually a great way to um, now available to share w- with some of the kids about the brain. There's a clickable brain. And, you know, my kids love doing things like that. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just for all your words of encouragement today, we also just want to thank you so much for your help with the writing and some of the editing. And we appreciate it so much. I just want to just throw that out there to our audience. If anyone feels very passionately about this topic, they have maybe a story they want to share. They Maybe they want to write a blog for us. Becky and I just want you to really be encouraged to get in touch with us. And you can just email team at screenstrong.com. It's team, T-E-A-M, it's screenstrong.com if you're interested in that. But Becky is um, actually helping us with the production of the blogs. And we are so excited that we're going to be seeing a whole lot more blogs now. So (laughs) thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing today and for everything you do for Screen Strong. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I hope you all enjoyed all the stories today. I really, really love having Screen Strong families come on and share their personal stories. Becky talked about our parent course. It is now available. You can go to our website and click on the tab there to get that. We do have the 30-day detox included with the course. We have a seven-day free detox on our site as well. Be sure and join the Screen Strong Families Facebook group. If you haven't done that, you can jump in there and we will give you tons and tons of tips and help with whatever stage that you are in. And you'll find a lot of support from parents who are just like you in that group. If you haven't made the switch yet, get your Gab phone. You can read on the site a little bit more about the Gab phone. Use the code STRONG to get a discount. And what is your homework? Part of your homework is to go watch your kids play their video games. If you're still allowing video games after you heard this podcast today, (laughs) you want to go watch your kids. You want to see what they're doing. You want to experience what they're doing. You want to read all their social media and see what's happening for a few days so you can be a better parent. Your other homework is to share this podcast with five of your friends. Let's get the word out. We can't do it without you. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Mm -hmm.